0: Hello and welcome to the very first Word Vomit with Feedy podcast episode, the one podcast no one asked for yet and everyone can't help but check out. This is pretty much a podcast about, well, nothing. I may have guest speakers on, I may babble about something I don't like, it's all just pretty much a hodgepodge of things all in my head at any given time, hence Word Vomit. One thing people are always fascinated to hear about me is that I used to be a carny. Yes, that kind of carny. I worked for a game which is different than a ride jock. Believe it or not, there are ranks within carnies. The game people always got shit on because ride jocks were the ones putting up the big machinery. The ferris wheel or the pirate or any other large ride that you may go on. They're typically the quote unquote dirty carnies. The game folks were always a little better. After all, why would you go play a game when you were being approached by some troll? I was considered an independent contractor, which meant that while I technically worked for a game, we were totally independent from the actual show. The people who controlled all the rides and the other games you see, like the balloon pop and the goldfish game, things like that. We were called the clean-cut carnies because while regular carnies stayed in things called bunkhouses, which were nothing more than trailers with rooms built inside of them, we stayed in two places, either on the lot in our semi, or more often we would stay in a local hotel or motel depending on the size of the town we were in. Well, this always made us have to have our guard up, as the others thought that we may have been a little soft, so to speak, because of us staying in hotel rooms as opposed to bunk houses. We didn't get separate rooms, though. Oh, no, this usually consisted of one guy going and getting the room key, while the rest of us, usually around five, waited in the parking lot for the all-clear. Then we would take our coolers and bags and all pile into a room with two queen-size beds, this alone would cause chaos during the time we would be places, as not everyone has the same habits. I was in Elmira, New York one night, about 16 years old. Two guys went out and they played poker until about 3 a.m. and I was asleep by midnight. Suddenly, in the middle of the night, I'm awoken by one guy saying, John, what the fuck are you doing? To which John replied, Shut the fuck up, I'm pissing. Well, it was at this time this person decided that they should inform Job that he was, in fact, pissing in the corner, right all over his bag full of clean laundry for the week. When he did, John's only response was, in a louder tone, Shut the fuck up, I'm pissing, and then promptly finished and laid in bed. The next morning, we were all getting ready, and John suddenly says, Dude, why the hell is all my stuff wet, to which we couldn't help but laugh and ask him if we forgot about the night before. He didn't believe us at first, but when he realized that we weren't lying, he got very angry and left, and I really can't say that I blamed him. John was a good guy. I say that because John left this world a few years ago, after succumbing to his demons. He was someone who I looked up to while growing up on the road. I'm just glad I didn't follow in his habits there are two different types in this world some who can't take the abuse of drugs and alcohol and others who seem as though their body runs off of it john d is the latter i've never seen someone like this man abuse the hell out of himself and still somehow miraculously be the age that he is i've watched him wake up at 7 a.m and open a warm beer on a day that we had to work He's openly admitted to being a crackhead as well as not really shying away from any drug. Yet somehow this man survives day after day. It's the unlucky lottery, as I like to say. Some of us can do whatever we want and never face the consequences. Others can be squeaky clean, die from lung cancer. John once took my friend to downtown Rochester against my begging him to not go. To put a very long story short, I wake up to a phone call from my friend telling me that I have to get up right now and I have to come pick him up from Rochester because he spent all night smoking crack and hanging out with a nasty prostitute that John D. was currently in the bathroom with. When I finally got there, he got in the car. Uh, Did I happen to mention that I picked him up from a notorious drug hotel called the Cadillac? Well, he had this look on his face that I'll never forget, and I spent the next 20 minutes listening to him tell me a story that I wouldn't believe it had it had come from anyone else. Life on the road can be amazing, but also terrible at the same time. I spent some of the best years of my life on the road. Meeting new people, being in different places every week, enjoying traveling and seeing the country in a way some people will never be able to experience. Pulling into a truck stop at 4am to buy munchies because you still have 5 hours to go. Tearing down your game in the middle of a torrential downpour. I was at the state fair the year the tornado came through and I knew two of the guys who had lost their lives in the tornado. When i was around 19 i was bamboozled by another show owner who promised me all these things if i defected from the company i was working for to come work for him i was really good friends with his daughter at the time so i seen it as a win-win wow was i wrong not only did none of the promises get fulfilled but i also got into two fights with other carnies from the show while i was there i finally said f this one day and i went to the nearest bus station and caught a greyhound home I've been on three Greyhounds in my life. Three too many. Nothing against Greyhound. It was just some rough rides. I'll never forget playing the North Carolina State Fair in Asheville because of multiple reasons. The first one was the guy who was in charge ended up getting us a suite. A big no-no due to how expensive it was. He explained it away saying it was the only place in town because of some convention. There was no convention. Three days into the fair, Hurricane Sandy ripped through North Carolina, which closed the fair. My best friend Chris was working with me at the time, and when the fair finally opened up after the hurricane, we were miserable because everything was wet we had to spend a lot of time in moist, muggy air wiping things down and cleaning up the lot. Suddenly we hear over the loudspeaker, Announcement, the fair will be closed today and tomorrow. To which chris and i looked up at each other and began cheering we wrapped up what we were doing and we literally skipped arm in arm back to his truck we went to the gas station near the hotel and proceeded to buy them out of every single sparks they had not just the ones in the door or anything we literally bought all two cases that the store had oh and for you younglings who may not know what sparks were they were alcoholic energy drinks that probably gave me the heart murmur that i have today Anyway, we literally bought them out of all of them and proceeded to go back to the hotel and sit in the pool and drink until we couldn't drink any longer while listening to music. The day we were supposed to go back to work to the lot, one of the guys that was with us refused to go because he couldn't find his slippers as though we had hid them on him or something when he really just wanted to stay and get drunk, which he did. It was on the same trip that I, and Chris also said himself, would wake up in the middle of the night and see the dude drinking alone, in the dark, only the red glow from his smoke alerting to to seeing him there. If I hadn't seen it myself, I'd call some BS, but alas, I can't. Because of the hurricane, that spot lost a lot of money, and the owner had told the manager of the spot to give us the bare minimum. We crossed the state line from Pennsylvania to New York, and there's a little gas station there. I remember the manager coming over to us and handing us brown paper bags, which was our pay. We were flabbergasted when we seen the amount he gave us. It turns out he got in a lot of crap because of it, but damn, would we work for him when he needed us to. Greenville, New York, as well as Chatham were our favorite spots of the year. Another vendor we were close with would be there and he would have cookouts at his place multiple times a week. He had the most impressive trailer for us carny folk and boy did we take advantage we would have clam bakes lobster corn steak anything we would walk to the local publics and get food before the show would start and as soon as the ferris wheel lights shut down the universal sign for show closed for the night we would run to his trailer for booze and good food Many nights I didn't get back until three hours until I had to be up. I was arrested in Amsterdam, New York, because I got set up and ended up spending a night in their jail. I was 18 at the time, and of course my frontal lobe hadn't really formed yet, so I thought it would be funny to say to the cop, but officer, I thought it was legal in Amsterdam, to which my head was pounded against the hood of the car and cuff slapped on so hard I still have the scar on my wrist. I should have known better thinking about it, how it all went down, that it was a blatant setup I'll never forget how angry folks were at me for that one, especially my parents. You live and you learn. I learned don't trust anyone. I've been all throughout the Adirondacks, up and down the eastern seaboard. I've played lawn fates, I've played state fairs, I've played parking lots. One time I watched a man get knocked directly on his back because he got into an argument with our manager. I've seen street fights, Gunshots, people puking right next to your game, everything. I've met some of the worst as well as some of the best people in my life by working on the road. Sadly, two of my best friends are no longer with us and I can say the lifestyle contributed to it. I've wrestled with their deaths for years, always wondering the what ifs. What if I hadn't decided to go out drinking that night with him or them? What if I had been a better friend and tried to intervene? It's only been recently that I've decided to try to find help for these struggles, and found out a lot about myself along this journey. My journey is far from over, and I plan on updating you all throughout it, because the mental illness stigma in this country needs to end. I say it over and over, it's okay to not be okay. If you're feeling down, there are professionals that can help and that want to help. I hear too many times that people don't seek help because they either can't afford it or they brush it off to just living in general. I will post links in the comments to free mental health resources that you can utilize if you ever reach a point in your life where just everything becomes too much my work has a wonderful employee assistance program that Im- my work has a wonderful employee assistance program that includes free counselors and a lot of people don't even realize that their job may offer these services I highly encourage you to check with your HR to see what programs they offer to their employees. The pandemic has done a number on people as well as relationships. It's okay to have to talk to someone completely removed from your situation to get a clearer perspective of what may be going through your head or what you may just be going through in general. I think I've vomited enough at all of you for this first episode, so tell me what you think. You can reach me at wordvomitpodcastwithfeedy at gmail.com. I have a website, which is wordvomitpodcast.com, and on there you can find my links to other things such as my Patreon. Send me show ideas, comments, all that good stuff. But for now, folks, I love you all. Stay safe out there, and until next time, enjoy.